0: to the Handmaid's Tale Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me is my co-host, Ryan. Say, hey, Ryan. Hello, under good people.
1: Run away from Gilead. <laughs> no, I'm getting <kidding>, gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blessed be the fruit. We're here to break down another episode, episode five of the Handmaid's Tale entitled Fairytale. Uh, so, Ryan, what were your thoughts on this episode? Your first thoughts?
1: This is a creepy fairy tale. This is definitely like a creepy <laughs> fairy tale. Like some people in this in this uh, episode, we're gonna be like side eyeing. So Angelica, do your thing.
0: All right. So we start off with a flashback, or I guess a dream in this case. Um, June is dreaming about uh, the time that she took Hannah to the aquarium, and we see a large shark swimming above them. So I don't know if that's foreshadowing, uh, but in any case, she's awakened by awakened out of her sleep by a phone call moira luke and june um head uh, head out to meet with a guardian who has crossed the border and has information on wives school which if you remember from a few episodes ago was where uh, hannah has now been enrolled um so on their way the you know the roads are kind of blocked by protesters so then they've taken an alternate route they meet with lily who if you recall is one of the leaders of the resistance. And she tells June that the guardian is in no man's land, but he can't cross can't cross the border because they've basically beefed up border patrol on both sides. So make it making it really hard for Lily and her Lily and her team to continue their operation. So they have to move to another location. And they're sorry that they weren't able to tell June sooner. So Luke, and I think he says this because. He's also thinking about what Serena said in the last episode where he wasn't willing to take risks to get his family back. Uh Luke actually offers to cross the border to go see the Guardian um, because they need that information on Hannah. And Lily agrees to let him go and she'll let people know she'll let them know people on the other side that they're on their way. And June insists on going as well. Lily gives them supplies, which they're going to exchange at the border. It's probably going to be one of the last times they can send supplies to Gilead, and instructions to get to the meeting spot at No Man's Land, which they should reach by morning. Um, so back at the camp, while Luke and June are kind of going off on this adventure... Um, Laura, uh, Laura, Lily, and Moira. Oh, What if they ship Laura? We can ship them, right? Laura, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lily and Moira share a drink, and Lily asks, "What's june and Luke's deal?" And moira says that you know they they never gave up on each other. They never they they always push forward. They always persist. They're always there for each other. And Lily says it's nice for them. To have that it's nice for anyone to have that and so they kind of get drunk and start talking about where they're going to move as far as their new location um and then moira brings up detroit and lily's like detroit and moira's like detroit is shit and then you know lily agrees and she's like actually i'm from detroit and then they start laughing like they're just having a grand old time <laughs> you know sipping on some liquor and waiting for june and luke to come back um So as, you know, Luke and June are walking through the wilderness in the middle of the night, June starts to have flashbacks from when she and Hannah were captured. So Luke asks, like, maybe they should take a break, but she insists on pushing forward. So along the way, they end up finding a guardian that was hung from the trees. A sign is placed across his chest and the words rapist are scrawled across the sign june knows this isn't gilead's work as they don't use words <laughs> so it's clearly you know the canadians or the americans or refugees somebody got a hold of this guy so they finally arrive in no man's land in the morning and they're confronted by the guardian who demands the passcode june answers correctly and the guardian tells them it's not safe for them to be out there during the day there's just somewhere safe nearby that they can go june's like uh-uh I'm not going anywhere with you. <laughs> like, I just met okay. you. I don't trust you. And he's like, okay, do what you want, but I got to go. So they end up following him. He leads them to an abandoned bowling alley. And the guardian used to stay there after his shifts were over. Um, and I'll stop there before we kind of go more into the bowling scene uh, about this this whole endeavor that they have to to get more information on Hannah and Laura. <laughs>
1: yeah lawyer i you i definitely thought laura was i was like oh they're flirting over here i was like what's going on but yeah i, I thought right. they had like a I, I thought that was a little cute moment it's a little break from like oh my gosh we're really close to the border everybody's trying to save everybody so it was a cool little like a little break they so maybe you know mora finally found you know her little friend or something right. somebody else she can because you know mora boy i tell you she's either watching the cold or she like trying to keep a rain on june so it'd be good if she has somebody that she can kind of you know talk to or whatever so i thought that was a cool little scene um luke i'm glad june is not going off by herself but i was very nervous for them when they both agreed they were gonna go
0: i Mm -hmm. was like oh
1: god this can't go well but i'm glad that it's finally like a luke and june sort of thing instead of june being like "Mm, you might not see me for this amount of months so i gotta go do this and take care of this so i'm glad they like finally changed that 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 story up because we are tired of seeing her just run off into the dark and it's like oh lord is she gonna make it back
0: right so
1: i like that part of it um, yeah, this, this guy that was like, when they finally meet up with the guardian, I'm like, look, sir, it was already, we already on the edge of my seats for them to get this far in the forest. And now you want them to keep going. So I don't know my heart. I was just, it was just, my heart was just like beating. I was like on the edge of my seat. So I'm gonna let you keep going. But I was so nervous when this happened. I was like, no, they can't leave. I would have been like, June. i was be like, no, have you seen this? The horror stories that happened. We need to stay right here and just tell us.
0: Yeah. I, I was stressed out pretty much this whole time like the whole when the episode was focused on June and Mm -hmm. Luke I was stressed out the whole time (laughs) so so what happened to them? yeah um so the guardian tells them about the plums which is a school where the girls are treated like princesses and trained to be wives um they learn that the girls aren't there very long because Gilead plans on marrying them off as soon as possible um and Luke is like my daughter's 12 and he's a look that's just how it goes um he doesn't know the location of the plum schools because it's a new system but it gives them like a flash drive with all of the information that they do have on it um and so you know with this information they decide to leave but the guardian tells them it's not safe to travel back to the border during the daytime he offers that they stay where they are until sunday and then he'll take them back um when the sun goes down so they agree and luca's tired june's tired um and then they end up bowling (laughs) which i thought was interesting yeah um and june's just like is anyone going to hear us and uh, the guardian says no and he actually says that most guardians have their own little spots that they hang out and you know they they find these abandoned places and they make it their own um and the guardian says that he actually really loves bowling and he thinks he learned he learned to bowl from his father um and they're like well you know, do you remember the time before Gilead? And he's like, Not really, it's pretty foggy to me. Um, and June's kind of impressed with the fact that even though Gilead is all he knows, that this guy is still fighting to bring it down. And he says, you know, he thinks that people should be able to do whatever they want. And June is just once again amazed. She calls him pure. She's like, I've never met anyone this pure. And by that, she means she's never met anyone that has been raised in Gilead, that has been basically brainwashed with their ideals and who still thinks that it's wrong. Um, And they end up learning that the Guardian's name is Jaden. So Jaden offers them a beer and Luke decides to play some music on the electric keyboard. And he starts to sing Al Green's Let's Stay Together. Um, And Jaden asks, (laughs) he's like, did you write that song? (laughs) And Luke takes the credit. He don't give Al Green no credit. Um, and Luke and the June they kind of start humming the song to themselves and dancing together. And Jaden kind of flashes his uh, his his flashlight to kind of give them like a like a like a glittering you know disco ball. So I'll stop there. I thought that was nice, but I thought they were going to get shot up the whole time. I was like, I don't trust this bowling yeah
1: like I yeah I was the same the whole time Jaden I was like so suspicious of him I was just like why does he have this big old bowling alley you know then you know when he insists that they stay and wait and all that kind of stuff I don't know the whole time like I'm like you I'm just thinking something bad's gonna happen you know is he really who he says he is they're getting like all this information they got a drive like a flash drive I'm like is this really like everything is really gonna turn out okay so, it, but I did, like, that was my favorite, Um that has been my favorite Luke and June scene, like, the let's stay together moment and them dancing, because you, usually they're, like, discussing something about Gilead or, you know, even back, even back before, like, when they showed a flashback, so when, you know, they, before, before that Hannah was taken and all that kind of stuff, I feel like mm-hmm. this was, like, one of those cuter moments, even still, like, between them and, you know, Luke singing, I was like, okay, Luke, I don't know, you started singing and everything Unless I missed it before, maybe you right. started out singing before, but. I was like, all right, get it. But yeah, I I thought that was such a cute moment. And like the midst of like our hearts, our hearts are racing. Something's going to happen. I'm glad they took like a little moment for them. And they really are that couple that is just like, no matter what, I'm going to be here. So I thought that was a cute moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was definitely on edge. I did not trust Jaden at first. I was like, when he was like, Oh, I'm going to get a beer. I'm like, Oh, he's going to bring some guardians and take them out. So I was, I was pretty surprised that he really meant no harm. And he really is one of the good guys. And, um, you know, that Luke and, and June got to do a little bit of bowling and do a little bit of dancing kind of has some type of normalcy. So I was, I was happy with that, but Mm -hmm. Still don't trust it, so <laughs> we'll see. It's, nothing ever goes well on this show. Um, so Serena wakes up at the Wheeler's estate and she's looking out the window. She's taking a, the guards posted outside. She walks down like several flights of steps and is greeted by Shaw, who offers her a bouquet which was left behind by well wishers. She asks to visit Mr. Wheeler to thank him for letting her stay. And Shaw says that Mr. Wheeler is usually pretty busy, but he'll try to arrange a meeting. So Serena ends up having breakfast with Mrs. Wheeler. Um, and Serena's insisting that she stop fussing over her, like, you don't have to make me all these big grand meals. I'll, you know, I'll take something simple. You've done so much for me already. But Mrs. Wheeler thinks that she hasn't done enough and she's just happy she was able to get Serena away from those awful protesters and give her a safe refuge. Um, Serena says that, you know, they'll have an opportunity to get the Gilead Information Center up and running again. She's not going to let a few simple rules get in the way of God's will. And Mrs. Wheeler seems to be very happy with that. And you can tell that she really admires Serena. And it's definitely, like, a Gilead lover. Like, she's off uh-huh. for these ideals. Um, so she ends up throwing a party for Serena, where she meets more Canadian supporters of Gilead. And the ladies, once again, they seem all in awe of Serena and the fact that she's become pregnant. Um, you know, seeing her gives them hope. And they all fall over her belly, and they they touch it as the baby's kicking. They call it a miracle and a blessing. And while this is happening, we get a flashback to Gilead. Um, she's with the wives visiting a center for adoption, and it's like this long hallway is all covered in white, so it's very sterile. And in each each room that has that, it looks like glass windows. So you can see inside there's a bunch of children these children have been obviously taken from their parents and thrown into the center to be adopted by you know the commanders and wives of gilead so she's there with naomi and naomi asks serena as they're looking into one of the rooms full of all these older kids if you know she can envision any of them at her home and serena says she really can't Naomi is just like, yeah, I'm happy they were saved, but you know, we don't know where they came from, we don't know who they came from. Um, so she's not, you know, they much rather just have their own kids. So Serena ends up falling at this little girl who pays her no mind, <laughs> like uh-huh. smiling away. The little girl looked at her and went back to coloring. Um, and so we know this is before June ever was a thing. So she asked Naomi if she's, you know, considering a handmaid, To which Naomi says, like. That's even more dreadful than adoption. And Serena agrees in that, you know, she and Fred are going to end up trying the natural way rather than getting a handmaid. She knows that God is going to bless them in the end. So I, I thought that, um, I thought that that flashback was interesting. So you know, what are your thoughts on this Mrs. Wheeler and her throwing this big old party for Serena and even the flashback scene?
1: Yeah, she, she's still too robotic for me. Like, I don't trust Miss Wheeler. Like, something may, yeah, something may adding up. And then, like, the whole scene with the women coming in. Because, you know, obviously, it's a real thing talking about, you know, complications trying to have a kid, you know, and that fact that of not being able to have a mom. That's how Gilead, you know, essentially, or not being able to have a kid. That's essentially how Gilead is pulling in all these women. But it's just something so just like, I don't know, like the way Serena like plays it up, it's just so like fake. And it's like you get to see like a little bit of what their society is. And you don't know, like that's just some of the women, right? They end up that right. are like the wives, like her, like you don't know everything that these, I and mean, then you got Esther's situation you know everything these women are going through in a society. And I think that's what bugs me the most about this is that you get like you know, because of people like Serena, because of the way they can do like the stuff, like the funeral and stuff, you just get like little glimpses. So these women have these like fairy tale in their head because, you know, in a scene love, they just want to be moms and, you know, they want to have, you know, healthy kids, but it's like, that's not all the society is. Like, that's one aspect that they're helping you get to, but it's like the things that, you know, the things that it does to your body, the things that they put you through to get to that point. So, and I don't know, and maybe some of the women think it's worth it, but I don't know. I just hate the way Serena plays up like that whole image. And you know, now she has her hands on like the center a little bit and she kind of mm-hmm. even more, you know, do that. So, but yeah, and like seeing all these women, I just felt bad because I felt it just feels like a like a lure in and like the women don't know everything. And she just like yeah. soaking it up, you know, why they touching the babies, uh like the kid uh the little baby kicking inside her and everything, and then the adoption center. I don't remember if they showed that before but no, i was just that... sitting there like really like look at all them kids they just took from their parents. i don't know it just was like the whole thing was just making me mad i was just like you took all these kids from their parents and they just sitting there like oh should i pick that where should i pick? and i agree with that little girl i would have gave for the same face too you just gonna <laughs> put me in a room and y'all y'all just go up there and just look and try to see which one y'all want to put like oh will this person fit into my house i'm like probably not because they don't know you just like hitting a bunch of kids So yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just the way they just make it look all like candy coated and plums and fairies and stuff. And it's just like, no, it's just like, do y'all really understand what y'all doing to these families and stuff like that at the end of the day? But, you know, I guess that's what gets us about this show. Cause like you said, it's never like a calm moment, like a decent moment that's not tense.
0: Yeah. And I can only imagine like at some point in time, Hannah was in one of those rooms and Uh getting selected to go with, you know the what was the family that she ended up the Mackenzie's yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah I actually like that flashback because we didn't really see the process of you know we see the process of children that are born into Gilead through handmaids but we don't see the process of children that were kidnapped and you know placed in homes in Gilead so I like that scene Mm -hmm. um So Mrs. Wheeler leads Serena into the study to take a call from Gilead. Uh, Serena's actually pretty happy she doesn't have to go through the American government to contact Gilead, to which Mrs. Wheeler says that Mr. Wheeler has his ways. Serena then invites Mrs. Wheeler to join the call, you know, saying, you know, they want to hear from you, but Mrs. Wheeler refuses. She doesn't believe that a woman should be involved in business. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, it looks like Serena is, is, is trying to to have another woman that is just as prominent as her, but seems like Mrs. Wheeler belongs in Gilead as far as exactly, <laughs> what she yep. feels is right and wrong. And she's like, um uh-uh, women shouldn't be involved <laughs> in this. You're just the, you know exempt from that. So she takes a call with Commander Lawrence and Commander Warren Putnam is on the line as well. And I just, I don't know why I prefer to call him Commander Warren. Maybe it's because Warren sounds like a last name, but I just, just for for listener's reference, I call him Commander Warren (laughs) rather than Commander Putnam. Um, They ask if she's okay after the incident at the center and Warren states, you know, he sent Serena there to be a representative of Gilead and put it in a good light. And he asked Serena if she believes, you know, she's done that because the entire plan was very ex- was a very expensive undertaking all they have to show for it now is an empty building and really bad press. So Serena's like I don't think I should be held responsible for angry refugees like if you want to blame someone blame June and Luke for shutting down the building. Um and then she offers up a proposal she believes that focusing on fertility will be more effective than focusing on gilead which will always draw attacks you know people like you said earlier you know people are so consumed with the idea of having children and conception and fertility that's something they'll be drawn to much like the women Uh that she met with earlier versus them talking about gilead and its politics because people are just going to think about how oppressive gilead is not about the fact that they're able to produce more children um so Warren and Lawrence consider the proposal and there's up like, Warren's like, all right, well, thank you for your thoughts. I'm like hangs up on her before she can get another like, word in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, So after the call, Lawrence and Warren discussed um, Lawrence's upcoming plans for Gilead. It's there's, I mean, I don't know if we get much information about it, but it, there's a map of Gilead and Lawrence calls it New Bethlehem. And if you remember, mm. Um, from earlier seasons, Lawrence was introduced as one of the or- uh, orchestrators, you know, of Gilead. He kind of yeah. helped build the system. The one I would say an architect. So he has a new plan, which is to open up the borders. Warren isn't happy about that. I believe he said you're going to let back traitors and murders and rapists and all types of stuff. So I really don't know what New Bethlehem means, but Lawrence wants to open up the borders to the world. Um, he he wants to like take the walls down of gilead make them more accessible but commander warren doubts that the other commanders will be on board so he ends up leaving he's like good luck you know your your pretty words your pretty speeches aren't going to get your way but good luck trying um so i'll stop there for your thoughts
1: yeah um I guess I go back to the uh, to the Serena trying to, with the uh, Commander Lawrence and Commander Warren. Mm-hmm. I do I do seem that like that is a last name. I like the Commander Warren that you always put on him, but yeah, when he was he was on the call, I was like, oh god, she already get, get a word in edge wise. We are we can tell like as soon as Commander Warren symptoms he cannot stand Serena, like it's just mm-hmm. this vibe that he gives off. Um, probably like most women, I guess anyway. But it's just a vibe yeah. that he just steps in, like, and Commander Lawrence is like, oh, okay, like, you know, giving him a hard time about, you know, the way he treats women and just kind of throw it in slide marks and everything like that, because he knows how Warren is. But I, yeah. I thought it was interesting. This is the first time in a while we've seen Commander Lawrence kind of get put in his place, so to speak. Like, because usually he'll have this kind of sarcastic tone. He'll kind of just roll his way out of the room. But Warren was basically, like, laughing at him leaving and was like, mm, well, good luck with that plan that you think you have, because... Commander Lawrence to me always seems like he could do better than what the situation he's in right now, but he's like he's stuck in this like constant loop. And it's like every time he comes up with this new brilliant idea, I'm like, sir, they're not trying to go from because he's trying to do like a lot of, I guess, revolutionary things in a sense. But these guys are way too like, no, we just want the women over here. You know, we want them where we tell them to be. We're not trying to move forward. It's not progressive society. This is how we want it to go. So yeah yeah I, you know I feel for Lawrence at times because I feel like you know he does have this idea of where he could see it going you know because he's lost a lot too in Gilead and so I feel like he's trying to like reshape this but it's like at this point it's like a lose-lose battle because these these commanders have way too much power they have their own little cliques and mm-hmm. so he's not really included in that so yeah that's gonna be hard for him but I thought that was the first time we kind of see that look on his face like all right. Okay, cool. I see where this is going. Like, I'm getting ready to get, you know, cut out. Like, what's my next move or whatever? Like, you just see the wheels turning. Because usually he's not yeah. that quiet and looks like he has no, like, you know, things left in the tank. He's like, okay, what do I do now? And right. yeah, Ser- Serena, girl, I'm going to cross my fingers for you. Because she's back in that thing where she thinks, like, she got it all figured out. And it was like, the quickness that he hung up that phone. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you back in Gilead now. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, she got it like a couple words. And it was like, okay so they heard just enough of that idea and click so yeah yeah, i'm I'm gonna cross my fingers for her so we'll see
0: yeah so afterwards uh serena walks to the front gate um a well-wisher approaches to give serena another bouquet and shaw doesn't let her talk to serena um they're not allowed to open the gates per mr wheeler's orders so he tells her to tour the grounds So she ends up walking around and her mind wanders back to a meeting that she had with Aunt Lydia and beginning the selection process for choosing a handmaid. Aunt Lydia shows her these files of handmaids she's chosen specifically for Serena, each woman respectful and fertile. We see her pick up a file and Aunt Lydia's like, oh, yes, wonderful. Your husband was drawn to her as well. So she puts the file down (laughs) no pretty handmaids in her house yeah. um and then she picks up another file and hands it to aunt lydia uh so we're assuming that's june i actually no it's not june because if you remember there was another handmaid that was there before june who ended up killing herself so oh, she ends yeah yes okay. the one that wrote don't let the bastards grind you down so um she picks that handmaid and, you know, Aunt Lydia is like, oh, you know, I'm delighted at the opportunity for you to welcome a new child into your home. So, after that, after her walk, Serena ends up praying in her bedroom. And we finally meet Mr. Wheeler, who tells Serena they have decided to move forward with her proposal about turning the Gilead Information Center into a fertility center. And Serena is so excited to get back to work. She's like, you know, when can I go back? When can I start getting, you know, my hands dirty? And Wheeler insists that she should be on bed rest, you know, you know, they'll take in her input, but, you know, she needs to kind of take a take a back seat to this. He then gives her pregnancy supplements and insists she takes them every day. So we can already see Serena's back under the thumb of a man. Uh-huh. Then she asks, you know, can I have a cell phone? Phone to conduct business, and he tells her no due to security concerns. He then tells her good night. So you know, just as Serena got herself a little bit of power, she's right back to square one, where you know they listen to her, but she's no longer in control. So I'll, exactly. I'll stop there for your thoughts.
1: No, that I mean, that's, that's absolutely it. It's well said, like she loses the power again. And I'm like, I don't understand why she keeps making this decision. And when he poured like the water in the glass, I was mm-hmm. like, oh God, I, I just, that guy is so, it's like, man, creepy. Like all these commanders boy are just like hella creepy.
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: like they, they trying to keep the other people from getting inside. I don't know. I'm suspecting some of these guys, like what they, what they passed lives before before they got into Gilead but yeah right. he just he gives me like strength i don't know about you but he just so strange like it was just weird he like yeah. answered a bottle he just pull out a pocket pour the water i don't know like he was going to stand there until she took the pill
0: yeah he I mean that's the thing though he's not even a commander but he would fit right in right like oh yeah I'm over here giving
1: the title yeah he not yeah that's even but yeah
0: it's even worse he moves like a commander like he has his big house he has his wife you know they're both into Gilead's ideas they're Gilead allies so he might as well be a commander in Canada but yeah he's not even a commander but he moves like one and Mm -hmm. you know Serena basically is, is back to where she was with a man telling her what to do Mm. good look yeah. i guess good luck to her um but something tells me mrs wheeler might be able to help her out a little bit i feel like mrs wheeler has a little bit of influence over her husband as well because Ooh, when she okay. says certain things she makes it seem like she says it's mr wheeler but i feel like mm-hmm. it's really her but i don't know well i guess we'll see <laughs> oh i like we'll that see. that'll
1: be a cool little twist Yeah, i like that
0: Yeah. So um, we go back to Luke and June, who are on the way back to the border with Jaden, who steps on a mine. And I was like, no. So he tells him it's okay not to worry. You know, they're scattered by the rebels and they're usually duds. But it ends up exploding. <laughs> and I was like, Jaden, no, the only good person on, this on the show. This scene, this scene got me. <laughs>
1: Cause I knew I like I was looking at it like I knew it was gonna happen, but it still got me. Like the actual explosion. I was oh, yeah, like, they delayed
0: okay. it. Yeah. He was I was like, like, oh it's okay. Right. And then he ends up getting blown up. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like, all right. Yeah, it it blows off his leg but he's still alive i don't know how long he'll survive but i was like okay well at least he's not dead so june and luke try to help him. they try to like stop the bleeding and jaden tells them to run so pretty soon we see flashlights so other guardians approach and we actually hear them calling jaden's name like jaden jaden are you okay so luke and june end up taking off they're almost to the border and then they're stopped by border patrol And they try to make a run for it. It's like these, a couple of Jeeps stop them and they start chasing them. And June's like, we can make it, we can make it. And I'm like, yes, they can make it. But um, they don't. (laughs) While (laughs) while she's running, you know, she's thinking about the time that she escaped with Hannah or tried to escape and was end up being captured. Even the time that she, you know, tried to escape after carrying out Angel's flight and she ends up getting shot in the back. So she's running. And her and Luke get caught up. They get captured and they're separated. And I was like, no. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't know what side captured her. Like, I don't know if it's Gilead's right. Border Patrol.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. If it's Canada's Border Patrol. I know we didn't go through orders for her to get sent back to Gilead. So I have a feeling it's. The Canadian Border Patrol, who will probably get on her for trying to cross the border, but we'll have to wait until the next episode to find uh-huh. out. So, you know, final thoughts after going through all of this. Man, I hope <laughs> on- she tied Jaden's leg off good enough. That's- <laughs> right. I want Jaden to
1: live. Yeah, I want Jaden to live. Yeah, because he turned out to be, uh, like you said, a stand up guy. He turned out he wasn't sketchy, even though we was all getting the vibe. So, i don't know hopefully hopefully he makes it but yeah i just we don't know like the way that they play that scene so well because we don't know like what border border patrol got them exactly but like you said i'm crossing my fingers It's it's the it's canada because i'm like please don't tell me we went through all this for her to go back and now for luke to be caught up in it too Right. so i just i just hope that's not it but it's like i always i hate that separation moments because you know they have to, they're gonna do it like that but I just hate, like, every time they separate them like that, you're like, oh, God, where's the other one going to go? It's going to take her this amount of weeks to find him. So it's it's just, it's like, and all those flashbacks she was having, I was like, is got he, she must have, like, PTSD when she started running. Because this is like, it's like several times she didn't try to get away. And it's like something, you know, her daughter was snatched. She got shot the last time trying to save all the kids. It's just, it's it's insane. I'm like, yeah, girl, I I, I would I would be walking like a whole bunch because I know she got PTSD every time she tried to run from somebody. So yeah, I'm crossing yeah. my I'm crossing my fingers. Like, oh no, I just I don't like it. I hate the way this episode ended because it's, yeah. it's got it's got us nervous.
0: Yeah, well, if they were caught by the same side, then they should probably um, be together at some point. But I was just like, dang. Oh, I mean, I get it. They need to figure out what was yeah. going on with Hannah. But yeah, it's not not something we want to see. And like I said, poor Jaden got his leg blown off. So mm-hmm. I was I was a little sad. But yeah, I guess we'll wait to see you next week. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Please let us know your thoughts at Black Girl Nerds on Twitter. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me is my wonderful co-host, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hello. Blessed day. Blessed day. Today, we are going to be breaking down episode six of The Handmaid's Tale entitled Together. And I'm really excited to get into this episode. This one was kind of a doozy a lot of a lot of things going on so I'm gonna just dive right into it Ryan what were your first thoughts
1: yeah I liked I don't know if I've given a a favorite episode yet but this is this is definitely like up there I I really enjoyed this episode like you said the pacing was good the resolutions were good so yeah I'll let you get into it I I enjoyed this one
0: yeah I loved all of the different conflicts that kind of came to a head and the kind of surprise twist at the end and I we kind of in a way alluded to it in previous recap episodes um but we'll we'll get into why this little twist really wasn't that big of a twist (laughs) when you think about it so yeah so let's get into it so you know last episode um Luke and June were captured at the border and we were kind of stressed out waiting to figure out if they'd been taken by, you know, members of Gilead, some third party. You know, we we're hoping for the best. They were captured by the Canadian Border Patrol. Um so we we kind of find out on this episode, so they're in the, they're in the back of a van. Luke is desperately trying to break free of their zip ties, but June tells him it's pretty much useless. Um, And she's pretty good at figuring out that they're not from Gilead because I guess they disinfected the van and the chemicals that she's smelling aren't anything Gilead would use because they're so health conscious considering they want to bring back up the birth rate. So we at least know like us as an audience, we're like, oh, at least they're not with Gilead. Like, thank God. (laughs) Blessed day. (laughs) Um, Luke tries not to freak out um, as they're led out of the van. Um, While June is pretty calm she's been through this who knows how many times at this point Um, they enter into this abandoned warehouse their pictures are taken mugshot style and then June of course being June demands to know who are they and where they're being taken. Luke ends up telling their captors that they're refugees and one of the captors asks June her name and she says June Osborne he's like no your real name and he notices like her you know handmaids are tagged at the ear like cows so he's like who do you belong to and of course June's like F you (laughs) and they're taken away um in their cell Luke is panicking he's wondering who their captors are June you know asks him to calm down And, you know, she tells him that panicking only exerts her energy. And Luke insists he's trying to help to get them out. And he wonders how many times June has been in this situation. And she tells him, like, several times. And sometimes the box is much smaller, which causes him to spiral even more. (laughs) And she's just like, stop, stop, stop. I survived. Um, He apologizes for kind of losing his shit. And she tells him it's okay. You know, he ends up confessing to her that he wishes that he was there to save her for all those times she had been captured. Um And she assures him that like, despite what you think you were with me. Um So I'll stop there for your thoughts on them being captured.
1: Yeah. I like for this to be a capture scene. It was so much to, to take away from this relationship that I, I didn't feel as like anxious and nervous as I usually do when you have these scenes. Cause I thought the van, I thought the van scene was just amazing with the both of them. Um, Elizabeth and OT playing off each other. I like how it's like, usually we're panicking, like out of control for June, because it's like, what is she going to say? Are they going to hit her with something? You know, is this going to be really bad this time? But she was the one taking control. Like, look, I've been through this. You need to calm down. She's like taking in her surroundings to figure out exactly who took them. She's telling him, you know, don't waste your energy. Because you're going to need your energy, like stop pacing back and forth and panicking because they're not going to do anything. And I just love to see, like, we know how many times she's been captured. And I just love to see her be able to, like, look, I've been through this. I need you to calm down. That's the only way we can get through this. And I loved, I love seeing those scenes with them playing off each other. And Luke just, bless Luke. I love him. He was, he is just, (laughs) he worries so much about uh, June. Um, And you have to love him for that because she needs somebody behind her that's going to support her but he was going he was going ham and I was just like man if you would have known like the places like she tried to tell him the places mm-hmm. she has been trapped in what that what goes down in Gilead if he only knew the half but it was just like I love how they they play the show where you get like a little he gets like a little taste of what she's been through yeah, yeah so yeah I, I don't know what you what did you think like I just love this I thought this was so well done the way they did this
0: I like seeing June, you know, she's kind of a veteran of being a prisoner. <laughs> so I like seeing June telling him to relax. And um, Luke is like so neurotic and he's, you know, he's, he's just like your average everyday guy. So when you think of that type of person, you put them in these situations, of course they're going to panic. You know, he's not this hardened survivor like June has become, Um, you know, he's, he escaped Gilead and he's been in Canada ever since. So he, and also you have to think about, he has to prove himself to June for himself. Like June doesn't need him to prove himself. She knows what type of man Luke is and she loves him for it. But he has this overwhelming guilt about leaving her behind in Gilead, not being able to save her. So he's just trying to be Superman right now, but he's like a really stressed out Superman. So I was just like, dude, relax. Um, yeah, so he ends up relaxing to a degree. They end up, like, cracking jokes in their styles. And they're both saying, like, oh, it's not too bad. And he's like, how's your butt? She's like, my butt's great. And I don't know. It's just he's just like, oh, girl, if there wasn't this this cage between us, I'd be on you right now. Like, they're having, you know, for being locked up with who knows who, who knows where, Um, they they're having a good old time. Um, so they go to open up June's cell and like, it looks like they scan her and she's asking if they're going to send them back to Gilead and she tells them to call Commander Lawrence um, and they pretty much ignore her and kind of throw her up against the cell uh, gates and they go to grab Luke who once again trying to be the hero runs from his cell and of course there's like four guards and they start beating up on him like choking him out kicking him while he's down and they're like stop resisting stop resisting and June's like he's not resisting you guys are assholes and they're like at some point they just like beat him bloody and just leave him on the floor of his cell and he starts to lose consciousness so then you're just like oh Luke why did you have to do that um so what'd you think of luke trying to get what did luke think he was going to do trying to get up out of there oh no i don't know for luke i don't know what he thought he was gonna do because when he made him at first
1: i was just shocked he made it past the first one just to begin with but i was mm-hmm. like sir now you knew you don't have any kind of weapons on you i mean you he's got a bill you know he's all right but it's just like how are you gonna get through like all three of those guards like, it was, that was insane. But you know, like he said, he has, like, you could, you could definitely tell in this scene, like he said, he's trying to prove himself. Like, he feels yeah. like for some reason he has to prove himself. And I just, I was so nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, what if they don't start beating him? You know, what if the injuries are so bad? We can't really see everything. So yeah, I got, I got really nervous at this point for Luke. But, um, and also too, I meant to talk about too, that you pointed out, that she's still wearing the, June is still wearing the tag. Um, like how yeah. they try to tag him like cows. And I've been wondering the whole time why she hasn't taken it off. I guess it could be kind of symbolic. She's taken it off in the past, but I've kind yes. of been wondering why she still has, she's still
0: wearing it. Well, yeah. Remember her first escape, she took it out. And then when they captured her again, they re-tagged her and I don't know, I guess it's a reminder of where she came from, because um, if you remember in the first episode when she was getting, or maybe the second episode when she was getting dressed for the ballet, the ballet, she was putting on her earrings and then she stopped to touch the tag. So maybe it's almost like a reminder of Gilead, you know, Hannah's still there. So I, I don't know why she hasn't taken it off, but I guess she was like, I did it once, it didn't work out. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep this in just in case. Yeah. So um, later, Luke actually does wake up and June apologizes to him for putting him in the situation, for letting him go into no man's land in the first place. And he tells her he decided to be there. It was his choice. Um, And he says, you know, the last time that we were, you know, separated, we didn't get to say goodbye he doesn't want that to happen again. And June, of course, is like, F that we're going to we're going to stay alive. And he's like, look, we're going to end up going back to Gilead. They're going to execute us. And June tells him like the last time that they were apart, no matter what happened, you know, she never gave up hope and she neither did he um, because they knew at some point they would find their way back to each other. So she tells him all they have to do is to do it again. Um, you know, they tell each other they love each other, and they're going to stay alive. Um, so I really love the scene between them because she's right. Like they've gone through so much already, they've managed to survive it. They've always held out hope. They just got to do it one more time. What's one more time? Um, so your your thoughts on that? That nice little scene between?
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I was. It was so nice to see that there's still hope in June. Like we said, we know how much she's been through. And for her to be able to be like, look, I've been through this time and time again. We know what we mean each other. We're going to make it. I can't have you in here talking about it's over now. This is the end of the line. So it's, it's nice to see like somebody that's been beaten down as much as she has. It's still like, no, there's hope. I'm not giving up yet. I can get through this.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't know about you. I would have gave up a long time ago. <laughs>
1: right. Like she has been through so much. And I just thought that was so, I don't know. I just thought that was so strong of her to 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 do that for people to be able to watch that. That's maybe going through something, um, you know, that they feel like they can't get past. It's just like how much she has been beaten up into the season. And she's still like, look, I can still do this. There's still a way for me to get out. They haven't okay. gotten me yet. I can figure something out. It's, just, it's amazing. Because, yeah, I would have like, yeah, I would have been out. Like, all the stuff she's yeah. been through is crazy.
0: I would have had to, like, play some Wilson Phillips and be like, just hold on for one more day. <laughs> just one more night. Just one more, just yeah, one just more, one more night So Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that she's being that she's been in the situation a number of times. She's also kind of implanting that hope and that seed back into Luke. Um, but unfortunately they are separated. Um, they're let out of their cells out of the building and, you know, the guards say that he's legal and to dump him at the border. And I don't think June catches this cause she, they're just panicking at the fact that they're being separated. She's placed onto this bus with other Gilead runaways, And she's sobbing and she's just like, you know, the whole time that they were in their cell, the point of it was for them to stay together. And now like they don't have each other. She doesn't know what's going to happen to him. She doesn't know what's going to happen to her. You know, she's, I don't think she's losing hope. I think she's kind of reserved, you know, reserved towards what's going to happen to her. And there's kind of, um, I wouldn't say a monologue, but we hear her inner thoughts where she says, you know, no matter how many times you thought about your own death, She doesn't think that it happens the way you expect it. So none of us here can predict our deaths. None of us know how it's going to end. It's always going to be a curveball. It's always going to surprise us. So she's saying, like, I think she knows at this point that she's going to die. So she's pretty much... um, preparing herself for that so what did you think how did you feel about them being separated and their hands being apart they're like no i was like i was losing
1: it because i was like no i don't want them to be separated i was like why are they doing this to us because i thought it was going to be like a whole long drawn out thing i was like i can't take this like i don't want to know like because i think i slightly heard it but missed it too because all you can see is them being pulled apart and you're like oh my gosh what's going to happen um because you know like like june essentially was keeping luke like upright depending on what was going to happen to him because he was still like right. I, you can still tell he's in panic mode um for most of it so she was like so when they got separated, i was like oh boy what does this mean and then like the bus is like i know you're gonna get into that a little bit too like the people on the bus it's just not a good feeling at all
0: Yeah, the people on our bus looked like they were Martha's uh, former guardians. So obviously they're being transported back to Gilead. They were caught at the border. Um, So you're a little stressed out for June because you don't know what's going to happen to her. But she's she doesn't know how she's going to die, but she's pretty much prepared to die. So we'll see how it turns out by the end of the episode. Um, But we'll turn our attention now to Serena Joy. Um, of course, she's staying with the Wheelers, and she's visited by Dr. Landers, who gives her an exam in the Wheelers' personal birth suite. Um, and it, it seems like, I don't know, the Wheelers are doing a lot. <laughs> Even Serena's just like, they have a whole birth suite for me? And Dr. Landers is like, yeah, they prepared it for you when they, they thought they would you know be able to host you. And he's like, it's nicer than my office. Um, and she's I don't know. Doctor Landers is giving me creep vibes. She's, a, you know, she's a little uncomfortable to undress in front of him for her exam and her ultrasound. Then he starts talking about, you know, she's at the point now where she'll benefit from perineum massages to avoid tearing during childbirth. Um, I was pregnant, and trust me, the only person giving me perineum massages was myself. I don't need anyone else massaging my lower nethers. Um, so, I, he tried it, um, and he, he does tell her that her blood pressure is high, um, so he wants her to take it easy, and considering all that Serena has been doing, and all the stress she's experienced with June kind of being on her neck, I could see why her blood pressure is a little bit higher than usual, um, so he hands her a picture from her ultrasound, and he kind of sits there pretty awkwardly, and she's just like, is everything okay, and he's just like, uh, yeah, I would like to invite you to dinner. Um, he says that he's a pretty awful cook, but his Martha makes a delicious cedar salmon. And I'm like, hmm, cedar salmon. I gotta look that up. Um, <laughs> and he tells we're you know, like he really admires her. Uh, so we don't really get to see her answer, um, I thought that exchange was interesting, but I also what was interesting to me is the fact that they live in Canada, so there's no like Gilead system in place. So it was interesting to me that he said he had a Martha. Um, so I, I, yeah, I thought that was unless he's coming from Gilead. But in any case, I thought that was weird. But. I'll stop there for your thoughts on uh, Dr. Landers asking Serena out while he's giving her a pelvic exam.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not weird at all. You have your uh. you know, doctor there like, oh, listen, let's go out on a date. After I just finished checking out everything and all up in your business, we should just go right. out and have a date or whatever. But yeah, Dr. Doctor Landers, he's giving me weird vibes. I mean, you know, he he's right in there with that Wheeler bunch. Like all of them is like, I kept saying like Stafford wives, like area mm-hmm. sort of vibe is all of us give me like, it's just way too much. Like calm it down. Like overkill. You could tell like they want some possession of something. You can't figure it out yet. Because like you said, like I, I keep forgetting too. They're not in Gilead. It's still Canada. So they're yeah. still like, they're still playing that line of like, okay, they have some Gilead values, but some things they can cross the line. Just like, I wouldn't think a doctor. Maybe I, I mean, I guess they would have to have wives and everything too, but it was just weird for like her to finish the exam Cause I always thought the doctors were so rigid and like by the book in Gilead, so it was just weird for him to like examine her. And then like, hey, would you like to go grab some dinner or whatever? I don't know. It just it just felt real like weird and like what can I get away with him while we're in this private birthing suite that's over the top. So yeah, he's he's definitely giving me creepy vibes. Like he said,
0: yeah. And I don't know if I'm mixing up the book in the show but if I remember correctly whether it was the book or the show there was a doctor that was examining handmaids that was taking advantage of his position um yeah he was a little bit on the creeps side yeah it's been so long that <laughs> since the series came out but there was I mean I remember there is definitely a creepy doctor in, in the testaments as well with uh with uh Hannah um, and her, her, her fellow, uh, young wives, not wives, but the young girls that are in training. So yeah, um, I guess Gilead doctors are creeps. <laughs> they're not, they're not as by the code. So, um, later Serena and Mrs. Wheeler are pruning and, you know, talking about their love of gardening and, um, Mrs. Wheeler, or actually Serena brings up Dr. Landers and Mrs. Wheeler is really excited to hear about it. Um Serena's like, yeah, I'm not going out with my gynecologist. That's that's not happening. <laughs> and um she tells her she, she doesn't even think she's going to remarry at this point. And Mrs. Wheeler is like, well, you can't be a single mom. And Serena's like, I'm not a single mom. I'm a widow. Um so Mrs. Wheeler's like, no, no, no. You can't be, you know be this beacon of Gilead society and be unmarried. That's not happening. Like I'm, she's pretty much saying like she's going to get married whether she likes it or not and uncomfortable with the conversation Serena decides to take a walk and Mrs. Wheeler, Mrs. Wheeler is like where are you going it's too cold outside and Serena's like I'm going to take a walk and she's like well I don't think that's a good idea and Serena was like well I'm going to take a walk and she's like why don't you go to your room and she orders her to go to her room it's very much echoing Serena's relationship with June Like she's pregnant. She's ordering her around. She's telling her what to do. She stripped her of all her freedom. So Serena goes to her room and she cries because she's realizing now that she's, she's pretty much a prisoner in the Wheeler's home. So I'll stop there for your thoughts on that dynamic, that, that shift between Mrs. Wheeler and Serena. Yeah, that was
1: absolutely a shift. Um, creepy like miss willer i do not like this lady like i'm like yeah get away get as far away from her as possible um because you you reading like a little jealousy um control like something she sees in serena that she wants and you know what serena represents so therefore just making serena not even you know kind of like they treat the handmaids just like some kind of property or something or like you're there and you need to do what i tell you to do just because of what you represent so yeah serena and i always thought serena was giving her too much information I always thought she kept trying to go at her like oh well, this is my girl that we're just hanging out we're just in the garden doing whatever no like she is mad weird like don't be telling her anything you need to keep it like you know I wouldn't even tell her like I'm not going out with the guy of college I would sit there and just look at her because it was just like any kind of information you give this lady it's like she's just trying to like nope nope you're not doing this and then like you said she sends her off to her room and I'm just like yeah she gotta get out of this house she better watch like i was nervous for her like you have a private birthing suite you know what happens when you have the baby you know if you're still in these right. weird surroundings what do they want like the whole like family is just mad weird like and they don't like and i just don't i don't know how she does it because it's like she always ends up in these situations where it's like taking her you know slowly taking her power away like she thinks she has something going and she ends up with the Willers. her power is like slowly doing to the and it's like, yeah, you get a little bit of taste of like what the handmaids went through. Because that's mm-hmm. the situation you're in right now. You know, they all only choice they had was to go up to their room and cry. Where were they going to go? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. it was so interesting to see her put in that position. And, you know, and you wonder, and it's like, okay, is she thinking now about some of the stuff that she's put in place or what she thought Gilead was? So I love how that show, the show like throws it back at you. Like, oh, okay, you thought you were going to get away with this? Like back in the day. Well, let me show you what it was really like.
0: Right, right, and that's just just a taste of what handmaids endured. And she's all already crying in her room because she got sent up to it like a little kid. Uh, yeah. So, a uh, Shaw ends up escorting her downstairs to see Mister Wheeler, and she's like, "Oh, is this about the incident with Mrs. Wheeler?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm sure you guys will make up. That's that's nothing. I'm actually here to tell you that, um." my team at the border has captured June and Luke in no man's land. Um, So he tells her at this point, you never have to worry about them ever again. Just focus on your baby. So Serena, of course, asked like what's going to happen to them. And he says that he's going to send Shaw to no man's land to handle her in a similar fashion to Fred. So at this point, me as a viewer is like, Oh Lord, no, (laughs) June, you in danger, girl, you in danger. Um, so, you know, he, Fred or not Fred, excuse me. Uh, Mr. Wheeler says he could send her to Gilead like he has with the others, but he doesn't believe that Gilead will actually take care of her. So then Serena requests to go down with Shaw. You know, she wants to bear witness to June's end. She tells him that, you know, she's responsible for the death of her husband. um, And she wants to tell her son that she knows what happened to her father's killer, to his father's killer. Um, So Wheeler allows her to go. So the next day, as she prepares to leave, Mrs. Wheeler kind of walks her outside and she tells Serena if she feels the slightest discomfort, Shaw will bring her back home. And Serena answers very coldly, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he will. And you can clearly see there's tension between them. And she drives off with Shaw. So I'll stop there for I mean, I gave my reaction to the fact that June and Luke were captured by men that worked for Wheeler. Um, (laughs) How did you feel about that? Yeah, this, I, I was
1: just like, no, I was like, tell me they're not getting ready to do this. But it's like, you like, she's a main character. So you kind of put right. yourself back a little bit. But at the same time, you're like, Oh, my God, what are they gonna do? Like, what do we have to sit through and watch for these next couple of episodes? But Yeah, that so that was definitely tension and and scariness there. I think I was surprised, Mr. Willer. Now Serena could put on a show; nobody could put on a show better Mm -hmm. than Serena. But I was surprised he was like, "Okay, you go," because the way like he over here trying to make her take vitamins in front of her, he can't. When he brought her in a room, I was like, "Okay, what kind of weird sick stuff about to go down here?" Because he just gives (laughs) me like it's like dark in there, and it's like he gives me that creepy vibe still. So I'm like, I just can't believe he was just like, "Okay, go ahead, like that's fine." And then, um, you know, Mrs. Wheeler, you know, like, I don't I don't know what she was going to do because she kind of re- was I guess she kind of resembles helpless as well, too. Like she mm-hmm. just kind of lays back in the role. But I don't know. It was just so strange that Serena was able to, you know, slyly get past all of them and get out of the house because you could tell she's thinking about something like some wheels mm-hmm. are turning or something's going on. But they, they're all just like, OK, all right, cool. Um, Shaw got you. All right. Go handle what you got to do. Um, You know, right. from Gilead it was just it was just so like I couldn't believe they let her go like that.
0: Well, one, she's with Shaw, so I don't think they anticipated anything happening. And two, I think um, Wheeler sympathizes with the fact that, you know, June is responsible for savagely murdering Fred. And I think to a degree, he wants Serena to have some type of justice. So he's just like, all right, you know, I'll let you go take care of it with your chaperone. <laughs> so I think that's why they let her go. Um, but yeah, it's a risk that they that that they took letting her go off. And yes, you can see that Serena's think about doing something. She clearly is uncomfortable in that house. She doesn't want to be around them anymore. Um, so maybe this is a way for her to take a break from them, <laughs> and she's much more comfortable with 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 Ezra Shaw. So you know, taking a little road trip with him might be a good idea for her. And she gets to kill June. So I think win 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 for her. <laughs> No. Yeah, he's a he's a I don't know. He's kind of a comforting bodyguard, you know. He 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 knows his place, and he says what he he actually kind of reminds me of Nick, like the way Nick was, yeah, when he was a driver for the Waterford So I know, yeah, I, I I can see. I kind of like Shaw. He ain't too bad, even though he works for Gilead. But anyways. So, <laughs> we are now with Aunt Lydia. Um she's at the hospital and she's informed by the doctor that Esther's uterus harvesting has been canceled. I'm going to pause there. Uterus harvesting? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah, that Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess at this point Esther has been in a coma. Um, so they probably thought the best thing to do was to harvest her uterus and I guess transplant it into women that were infertile. I don't know, but I was (laughs) I was surprised by that. Um, but thankfully, uh Esther is awake now, and by the way, she's three weeks pregnant, which all of us as viewers are like, What the hell what do you mean she's three weeks pregnant? She hasn't been with anybody right okay and you know aunt lydia is a smart cookie she puts two and two together three weeks ago was commander uh waterford's funeral when um esther was alone with commander warren so clearly he's responsible for this pregnancy so she visits esther and asks for clarification about what happened at the funeral you know, she tells Esther, you know, she wants her to be completely honest with her, she's not to be ashamed about anything. And this is where she fucks up, excuse my language. But she basically says, Are 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 you sure there isn't anything that you did to invite his attention? And Esther says, No, he raped me. Um, and Aunt Lydia's like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. I'm so sorry. And you know, Esther, Esther don't play. She's like, you're not sorry. You know, that's how all the commanders get down. Um, and Aunt Lydia's like, okay, okay, well, you know, get your ass." And she puts the covers over her and Esther's like, get off me. And she starts screaming and thrashing violently in her bed. She's screaming, she's yelling, you know, the doctors come in and you have to think about why Esther is behaving this way. Esther came from a place where her husband allowed her to be repeatedly raped by other commanders, other guardians, so much so that she killed one of the guardians that was that raped her. So for it to happen to her again, and for basically Aunt Lydia to gaslight her into believing she's responsible for her own rape, yeah, I would freaking want to knock out Aunt Lydia too if I can get out of my hospital bed um so that was a lot so I'll stop there for your thoughts yeah
1: I I would have yeah if I was I would have lost it on Aunt Lydia too I just I, it's amazing to me how Aunt Lydia that's why I completely can't sit with her yet I, I like how you brought up the testament you know like we kind of get a little bit of that like maybe she's going to change into something else that we don't know about later like you know down in the future or something like that mm-hmm. but I, she always to me like her switch is too quick for me Because she'll she'll come there and she'll be like, okay, you can tell me the truth. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, I understand. But then she's asking you, what did you do? I'm like, do you not know, do you not know what these handmaids go through? Like, I don't understand like what rose colored glasses she has on. Um, I'm like, are you are you in Gilead or not? Like you have to see some of the stuff that's going on. And she keeps asking, like, it's like one minute, she's like, Oh, well, you know, under his eye, this is what God has in mind for you. And then she's saying stuff like this. I'm like. How are you, how is Esther ever going to, like, how are these women ever going to treat you any differently, see you any differently when you keep acting like, you know, you just don't see what's like right in front of your face. Yeah. So, and you know, we all know she has a little, you know, she slapped the girl when she was out, when she was still in the coma. So we already <laughs> know she has, you know, some ill feelings towards her. So it's not helping, but yeah, that this scene was just, yeah, if I was Esther, I would have went out just like that. Like, I don't know how she's supposed to feel when, You're constantly, first of all, you're, you're putting down, you're putting down these different, like your status has went down in the society. There's every chance you get. It's like somebody's trying to rape, take advantage of you. The men are always trying to rape, take advantage of her where she doesn't have a say. And you know, they got her strapped to this bed. She's pregnant. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I would have lost it too. I don't know how she like, whenever we get, I don't, whenever we get back to her or I don't, yeah, I don't know how you even just begin to put yourself back together in the state that she's in like that's just like hardcore therapy which you know she'll never see a therapist but right. in, this, in this society but that's just that it was horrible that was a hard scene
0: yeah and then it adds more depth to why she did what she did a few episodes ago when she poisoned herself and Janine because we as a viewer didn't know outside from him creepily making her eat chocolate we didn't know that he raped her so I mean but we already know Gilead is horrible and she's you knew she was feeling away about being you know made into a handmaid and posted up with this creepy guy so I thought she was just she didn't like the encounter with him she didn't want to be posted she was nervous about it but the whole time the girl had just been raped so I can see why she was like bump this I'm killing myself and Janine can come with me for for all right for putting me in this situation so I I really you know we say June's been through a lot but I feel like Esther she's only she's only a kid like she's only like 15 16 years old so she's going through all of this and now she's pregnant it's a lot and I feel really sorry for the girl and I I hope for her sake she gets old. Gets her way out of Gilead, but we know how that goes. Probably not. So um, anyways, Aunt Lydia obviously is very moved by this and she's concerned. So she informs Commander Lawrence of the news and she wants Warren to be punished. Lawrence doesn't necessarily believe Warren committed any crime considering that Esther got pregnant a day before she was supposed to be posted to the Putnams. Um, Aunt Lydia says, you know, he violated the ceremony um which is sacred and he should pay for his actions and if you remember um warren actually had his hand chopped off because of his extracurricular activities with janine um you're not actually supposed to have sex or engage in any type of sexual activities with your handmaids outside of the ceremony um so commander lawrence tells her you know she needs to watch her place like know who you are and Aunt lydia leaves pretty much telling him like you need to do something about this um so I was a little disappointed in commander Lawrence for not taking this seriously I mean he's he's such a great character I I'm you know I'm a fan of his character I, I I root for him but sometimes he's just kind of like unsavory um so what did you think about his reaction to what Warren did because
1: commander Lawrence just like he points out stuff I feel like he points out stuff in a way where it's like well duh what do you want me to do about it But at the same time, it's like you're in a position to do something. You know, it's not like you don't have connections that you could work if you really wanted to or if you really wanted to, you know, address this part of society. You know, it's a a crack or whatever, however you will have it in what and what their structure is and how the commanders, um, you know, interact with the handmaids. It's like you could do something, but you decide to keep eating your breakfast like you don't want to see anything right now. So, right. and, you know, I don't know what Olivia thought she was going to come because she always gets that tone at the wrong moment. Like she's actually going to do something. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to backpedal a little bit because Commander Lawrence could then flip on you and be like, okay, well, I don't need you for this anymore. And he was the one that kind of got her, you know, back in the game, so to speak. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. that's interesting. Like every time they have a scene together, it's so interesting because Olivia thinks she has more power than she really does. And, you know, Commander Lawrence is always going to bait somebody and play his little game and talk in riddles. So it's it's just always interesting to have both of them in in the same scene together.
0: Yeah, I like their exchanges. I think any scene with Commander Lawrence is great, and of course, um, Anne Dowd plays Aunt Lydia like the hell out of that character. So them yeah, seriously. Is, yeah, I would love to is, know
1: like what she does at the end of the day
0: <laughs> to get out of this character. Who knows? And I think I had mentioned before she also narrates the Testaments. Um, because, um, Aunt Lydia has her own POV chapter. So she actually also plays Aunt Lydia for the audiobooks. Um, so yeah. And, 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 and it's a, it's a good one. Uh, so later we see Commander Lawrence and Nick, who's, you know, we should be calling him Commander Blaine, but he's just going to be Nick. Um, <laughs> meeting with Commander, yeah, meeting with Commander Warren. Um, Lawrence ends up congratulating him on Esther's pregnancy. Um, and Warren notes that having a baby is really going to help him in his with his standing Lawrence of course is some funny stuff he says like I figured you were a Jezebel's kind of guy not you know a quickie behind a desk at a funeral type of dude and <laughs> Warren tells Lawrence he should actually enjoy the spoils of his position which is something he really doesn't do um as we know he has never slept with a handmaid he you know was very loyal to his wife even after her death he has no interest in procreating or having a new wife um and in any case he uh Warren also reminds him that the Bethlehem plan which we still don't really know what that is something to do with opening up the borders um is not going to be going forward Um, so the next day, Commander Warren and Naomi are having breakfast and Naomi knows that everyone keeps looking at them. So he tells her, like, oh, the word must have gotten around. And she's like, What are you talking about? What did you do? And he tells her it'll be something that she'll be thankful for. Um, so as they're eating, guardians come in to tell him to come with them and he wonders like what could be so important that they're interrupting his breakfast. So they end up dragging him out. And he's brought before Commander Lawrence and Nick. Um, Nick ends up telling him that the High Criminal Court of Gilead has had a special overnight session. And they have found Commander Warren guilty of apostasy. And I had to look that up. Uh, It is the abandonment of a religious or political belief, as well as sins of the flesh. Warren balks at the accusation. He's like, what exactly did I do? And Lawrence tells him, you know, he is guilty of the crime of raping unassigned property. And I kind of <laughs> took offense to that, like really unassigned property. Yeah, but hey, I mean, a win is a win. And Warren insists, you know, that she was his handmaid and therefore she was his property. Lawrence tells him that the eyes of God are everywhere and, it keep, you know, the eyes of God keep watch over the wicked and the good. Warren at this point knows what's about to go down he's on his knees after all and he pleads uh for his life and you know says he has a baby on the way and that's when Nick takes out a gun and pretty much executes him shoots him right in 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 the head (laughs) right in front of everybody Naomi's screaming um blood splashes on Nick's face the camera zooms out on Warren's body and you see like the blood pooling and the ground is actually like paved with like, i guess an angel so like he's bleeding out on this angel swings and nick has to wipe off all this blood and i was just like this is a lot but you know what i couldn't stand commander warm putnam anyway so good riddance um so <laughs> your thoughts on that scene
1: yeah I, I definitely thought it was good riddance i didn't like nice point out on the angel because i wasn't even paying attention to that i was just glad that finally there was some kind of justice for what these women like i don't know if it'll ever get back to esther what's going to happen of her circumstances but i was just i'm glad it's finally like some justice and hopefully it gets back to her that they know like this is not like there's a whole bunch of stuff in this society is not acceptable but at least somebody has to pay for something because i'm just like they can't just keep you know like just letting these women go through this there's no you know repercussions for anything that these men do but though even though i was like i was here for warren be out of the picture i think warren actually messed up when he went after uh bethlehem with in front of uh commander lawrence cuz yeah. i think he's still taking that real personal how all these commanders keep like oh that's not going to happen we're, we're not even going to look at that that's that's not a thing so i think he finally saw an opportunity to be like okay all right you're going to laugh at my plan you got you got this little smart stuff to say then i got you so I think yeah. that was when he like, when he finally messed up, but yeah, I mean, anything, like you said, anything to get rid of Warren, cause he was getting on my nerves, you know, these, these women are like, even they're going to classify them as property, like you said, a win is a win. She doesn't belong to you. You know, she wasn't even technically, you know, truly, I think over to his yet and, and, you know, in his household yet. So, and he's yeah. just like sleeping with anything, walking at this point, like we all know his reputation.
0: Yeah. So exactly. I'm
1: just ready for him to be done. Yeah
0: yeah exactly so and, and you have to you know, like you said we know his reputation this isn't the first time he's taken advantage of a handmaid so you know off off with his head um <laughs> so nick comes home and asks rose if she's okay and she tells him no, and he knows why um he tells her like don't worry about the business with lawrence and warren and she's like look i can't help it i'm worried about the type of person this will make you and he reassures her that he's the type of person that will make Gilead a safer place for their child. And then she starts to rub her tummy and ask if he's sure if that's who she did it for. And he says, yes, he's sure. So I, I was like, oh, another plot twist. I didn't realize Rose was pregnant now. When did that happen? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean... I mean, it has to happen, right? And once again, another wife that got nat- got pregnant naturally. But yeah, I, I like Rose as a character because even though she lives in Galead, she's kind of like Lawrence. She lives on the cuffs as far as like the, her actual morals and her ideals. And I'm interested to see like, it's interesting to see that she is concerned about the fact that. Even though Nick just carried out a just execution, she's still concerned about how that would affect him. And if we go back to the previous scene, when even though he himself wanted to take out Warren, when that blood sputter on his face, you could tell that that affected him as well. So Rose is really concerned about his well-being. Um, so I like that about her character. Um, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I, I I do like a um. I think Rose um. You find those people like you said that are like on that in that gray area in Gilead. Um, That makes it a little bit more sufferable to kind of watch what's going on and kind of see what's you know, what these characters makes a little bit more, a little easier. Um, I do think this is another thing, though, keeping Nick in Gilead, if he wasn't going to stay already, you know, when he was offered that the proposition to go be with. I mean, I'm sure that's gone by now, but maybe that's not an offer anymore. But, you know, just to be able to see Nicole and, and get out and go to Canada. I mean, now he has a baby in Gilead. So. I just think it's like more and more things kind of digging in, you know, tying, to, tying him to Gilead. Um, so it's interesting. Like, if he ever, if he ever, like, I know he cut, he cut it off, but if he ever crosses fast with June again, that should be interesting. Yeah.
0: So we'll see. Um, so Commander Warren's body is strung up on the wall. Aunt Lydia tells the assembled handmaids to look. Um, and Gilead, there are consequences for disobeying God no matter who you are. So, you know, Gile- uh <laughs> Aunt Lydia had made a promise to God that if he saved Janine that she would do better. She would do right by her handmaids. So it seems like she's actually making those changes. Um, she tells the handmaids they're holy vessels and by his word they will be protected she tells them to honor god and in return they will be honored Um, she also tells them that commander warren was an evil man he took advantage of his position and this is justice janine as you know being one of his victims looks up and says she wishes she would have (laughs) watched you're like oh that's a little that's a little dark for janine um and of course like after seeing this I mean, even though he's a bad guy, I I don't think I want to see somebody hung by their neck with this, like, bloody bag over their head. It's just a little morbid. So, Lydia's like, okay, girls, off to to go home for some more milk, (laughs) like, after. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and Janine lingers a little bit longer than the rest of the handmaidens, and she ends up walking away. So, I'll I'll stop there. Uh... For your thoughts on Aunt Lydia's little speech and Janine getting some justice of her own, you know, you know, that's all you need after
1: hanging just a little bit of milk, you know, some more milk, I guess, you know, I don't know, this, this stuff is so weird to me, you know. But yeah, I'm with you. I didn't, I didn't necessarily <laughs> the imagery, but I'm glad, you know, like we saying, Esther got her justice, Janine got her justice. So, um, yeah, I, a lot of these, a lot of these commanders better watch out. I'm trying to like a lot of this stuff is coming back, coming back to get them and um So it's it's gonna be interesting, like that the effect it has now, and you know how the handmaids feel now, because they're you know like in this like there's like a little little tiny glimmer of hope somewhere that somebody was somebody was taken out for what they did to to you know like for what he did to a couple of them. So I don't know, maybe maybe this slightly changes alters things a little bit, but yeah that that milk the milk part like the end on that kind of sent me, and I was like oh god we're still in Gilead. <laughs>
0: yeah that was interesting um so on the transport Shaw comes aboard asking to to collect one of the runaways which Wheeler had approved obviously the runaway is June he leads a handcuffed June off the bus and she asks who he is as the bus drives off um June ends up turning around and she sees Serena standing on the other side of the road and she's just like are you freaking kidding me like are you serious (laughs) and serena says as serious as the day you told me that you wanted my baby to die inside of me and june's like yep i remember that was the best day of my life (laughs) i'm like june is a mess um so june just like is this payback for a friend and serena orders shaw to cut june's binding so she can pray on her knees june gets down on her knees and bows her head as shaw aims the gun at her Um, And so Serena ends up insisting on killing June herself. She's like, you know, she killed my husband. She cursed my child. It should be me. So Shaw reluctantly hands the gun over and Serena prepares to shoot June. June tells her not to do it. And Serena tells her to pray. So June prays. She prays for their children. She prays that her daughters have a life of peace a life without hate and violence. She asks God to give them a life, a happy life, and hopes that they'll do better than they did. And Serena says, amen. And you think, like, I really thought she was going to be gone. Like, I really thought she was going to shoot June. We know the Testaments come out next season. It's really about her children. So I'm like, oh, this is the end of June. No, Uh, Serena ends up shooting Shaw in the chest. Um, lucky for him, he has a bulletproof vest, but he is knocked out for a minute. He can't really get up right now. Serena orders her to get in the car and she gets in the back seat, still aiming the gun at June. And June's like, what are you doing? She's like, just drive, just drive. And they speed away, leaving Shaw on the side of the road. I was not expecting this Velma and Louise team up, uh, or I was, I mean, I just wasn't expecting her to do that in that very moment um but I said it before June and Serena are very similar they're two sides of the same coin they have worked together well in the past so I'm like okay I can see this and you know we've alluded to it earlier in the episode she was really uncomfortable being with the wheelers so this is her way out um so what did you think about this team up Yeah, right. I was like, well, maybe, maybe she's on her knees and she like gets up and like grabs the gum and for Serena shoots her and she shoots Shaw and then she runs away. Like, I didn't know how, but yeah, this was different. But go, go ahead.
1: No I, mean, no, I mean, that sounds like a better plan than I had. I just kept looking. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to get out of this? Like, and you know, Serena was taking too long. She's pregnant. She's in there taking too long to pull the trigger. I know Shaw was like, what is going on right now? Um, you know, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to do anything harmful to her or whatever. So he's good. He has no choice, but just stand there and wait. Right. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. You know, he doesn't really see any harm in the situation. So when she turns around and shoots him, I was like, what? Okay. That's, that's, that's one way to do it. Um, but yeah, I did not expect this team up. That was, that was really interesting for them to have them drive off. Um, Serena looks like she, Serena's holding her belly and stuff. He's like, Oh God, what's going down? <laughs> mm-hmm. That is Too not. stress. Right. Too much stress. This is not the situation. For both of these ladies, I already be at odds and I have to deal with the situation. She's pregnant. It's not like you just both of them just running away. Uh, but you know, to have like the baby involved. Yeah. It's just a lot going on right now. And Serena waving guns and stuff around. Yeah. It was a lot for me, but I was just like, this is interesting. Like, I'm, I'm here for it. Is it, we've, we've had worse endings on this show. (laughs) So I'm here for this one. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's get them, you know, on the, on the path they're running, trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And we've never get, we never seen Serena so much like, okay, I got to go. I got to get away. I messed up. I got to do something. She's usually like the one that's like, Okay, well, let me look through my Rolodex here. Let's see, who can I call? You know, who owes me a favor? Who can I work a little bit? But, you know, now that she's a mom and she's like, I got to go. I got to run. I got to find somewhere to hide. So this this yeah. is going to be interesting.
0: It will be interesting. So we started off this episode stressed out because Luke and June were captured. So now we know June's free. She's off. You know, she's on the run with Serena. Luke, for his part, is safe. He got dumped at the border, so he, he's gonna make his back way to his way back to Canada. Um, Esther's awake, you know. Warren got his just desserts, so uh, Janine got justice. So everything is uh, falling into place. Um, so I guess final thoughts on this episode. Um, yeah, well, I, um, yeah, everything is everything is lining up for
1: something. I, they don't give us too many. I feel like I can't get too comfortable with how great things are. Cause they always change it around <laughs> on the show, but I love like like um the role revert like I love returning the back on them like Serena's feeling a lot of what like the handmaids are always trying to run from somebody, you know they get locked up in their rooms they don't have much say about anything, you know when they get pregnant just that helpless feeling they feel like you know like they don't have control on everything that's kind of how she's she is right now like she has a gun on June but June's not pregnant you know in pain every once in a while because she's stressed out so. You know, it's like really who has the control in this situation. And so it's going to be very interesting how they keep turning. They just keep reversing these roles and I'm here for it. So I can't wait to see what's coming next.
0: Yeah, I am looking forward to this Serena June team up in the next episode. Um, And we'll be breaking that down next week. So thank you guys for tuning in. Any thoughts, any feedback, get at us or at Black Girl Nerds and we'll talk to you next week. Blessed day. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify.